Welcome back, welcome back. Episode, we in there, spit talking. JP and DP, we on the mics. Yeah, man, we gonna get back to, you know, trying to do this on a more regular basis. Just things, uh, life happens, man, you know what I'm saying? Of course, you know, happens to the best of us, you know. At the end of the day, niggas got responsibilities. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I just wanted to start off with R.I.P. Auntie, so... Most definitely, most definitely. <laughs> we always send our prayers and condolences to our loved ones and lost ones. Indeed. Say, shit, it's coming up on the anniversary my mom passed away. <laughs> Damn. So, well, I said, man, it's crazy. Like, the goals to get to heaven at this point. Yeah. Say, well, the good way to look at it is, is there's no more suffering. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? that's definitely They're in a better place. You know, and, and that, that's, that's the blessing of it all. It's like, you know, to watch that shit happen. It hurts. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that shit, that shit hurts. But yeah. It's like, but, you know, the blessing is, is that, that shit's a wrap. Yeah, man. So, you know, God bless all those that are dealing with those types of situations, man. So, but let's kick this shit off just how we do it. Pretty much. Pretty we, much. We're going to start with some of this NBA talk. We're going to go back a little bit just because yeah. we ain't been on for a second. Yeah. But we're going to start off with some NBA talk. What we got? Yeah. So, you know, just kind of, you know, looking at how the NBA playoffs are kind of, you know, just kind of took off which I can say this has probably been one of the more entertaining playoffs that I really got to sit and watch in a while because I mean just you know somewhere within the last decade when you look at it like the playoffs were really dominated by Steph Curry and LeBron James I mean it was basically them <laughs> yeah um, and know, Kevin Durant yeah I say and for a good bit of course you know Popovich and Tim Duncan you know back I think their run was what 13 or 14 yeah with the Heatles and all that um, so you know just kind of looking at it like you know when we broke it down you know, kind of looking at, you know, the seating and everything. Like, you know, I guess first, you know, let's go ahead and get it kicking with, um, you know, Philly. Um, you know, because Philly was, uh, you know, a 1-8 matchup with the Wizards. You know, we basically came into an agreement. Of course, you know, the Philly was going to beat the Wizards. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the Wizards kind of are what they are, despite kind of always being, you know, like the underdog, you know, in a fight. And, you know, occasionally they got their wins, but they just didn't have enough firepower for Philly. They didn't have enough answers for Joel and B. Yeah. Um, when it was all said and done. Um so, you know, when I look at that one, like, it ain't really too much to kind of rap about. You know, just kind of looking at it, it was like, you know, that series was kind of the demise for Scott Brooks because it was like... Thank you, God. You were, <laughs> you were kind of hoping for more of a fight out of Washington at different times. And it's kind of funny because imagine how the series would have went. And I feel like if Washington would have adopted the foul Ben Simmons shit. Right. <laughs> how the dynamic of the series probably would have changed because that nigga can't hit free throws for shit. Right. <laughs> nah, and then, and then just with the Wizards, man, I mean... This is one of the first times I'm gonna actually say we actually kind of missed Thomas Bryant. Like bad. Yeah, bad. I think I think he you know he did some things. We still wouldn't have won the series. You know they still got some things to build around and stuff it like been that. A more formidable matchup. Yeah, and then our point guard situation. Yeah, everybody talk about Russ, but Russ ain't. He's a point guard, but he he just he just a dude to go out there and just do Russ. Um, yeah, to me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> those of you don't know us, so we have differences about Russ. <laughs> yeah, Russ is Russ is those numbers and shit are cute, but uh, just to throw it forward, obviously he ain't make no NBA teams, he ain't make no nothing. So that tells you what people think about Russ's numbers in the league. Yeah, well, I, well, see, man, I guess for me, like I'm biased because like I know the All NBAs are usually done by the sports writers and things yeah. like that, and it's like unfortunate for Russ. It's like. You know, it's still the Wizards. Like, nobody really cares. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bill made 13. I mean, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> a lot of people kind of were, you know, upset about that because, you know, like, I don't think Tatum made it. 
Yeah, uh, yeah Donovan yeah. Mitchell's didn't make it. Yeah. But it was kind of like for Bill, it was kind of like a redemption. Right. Because like when he averaged 30 last year and couldn't even get an all-star. Right. And then, you know, he averaged 30 again this year, but I'm like, it's still the Wizards. So he was like, the he, second leading scorer in the NBA, but And you wouldn't know about right. it. Right. Like that's the part <laughs> that's crazy. Like that's kind of the disrespect and the slap in the face because then you're kind of like, well, we can't put two Wizards on here. Like y'all right. just weren't good. <laughs> Right. Right. That's back in the day with the Capitals with Al Frady and all them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. nah, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna get into all that. Yeah. But you know, no, no, but no, yeah, no, the, the Wiz, <laughs> the Wiz are the Wiz, man. You yeah. know, uh, they got to do some better drafting. Yeah. Thank God they got rid of Scott Brooks. Hopefully they can bring in a coach <laughs> that wants to implement some, some damn defense. Yeah. I would say, you know, just kind of looking at that, and we're saying, you know, not not to touch too much on, you know, that yeah. series. I feel like the Wizards found some okay players to kind of keep moving forward. I really yeah. liked watching Gafford play. Yeah, that was um, a big pickup for them. I feel like he kind of really vibed with Russ with a lot of, you know, screen and rolls, and then, you know, he was doing a good job of rebounding. I know you always kind of comment and, you know, make fun of him and his conditioning. Yeah, um, that man. But, I mean, like, as far as, like, trying to defend the rim, you know, he was kind of guy was trying to get that dunk. I like yeah. to kind of see him really take a little bit and kind to uh, kind of work on his offensive game a little bit just around the bucket. Like, I'm not expecting him to go out and drop 16 and 12 but I feel like you know with the way that the offense is kind of really designed to kind of keep the lanes open for Russ and Abil like mm-hmm. you know the potential's there um, it'll be good to you guys to get Thomas Bryant back um, you know there was a missing persons thing out on Bertans because I know he got uh, fucking yeah. hurt but yeah, that motherfucker at times thinks he's Steph Curry that motherfucker will cross over and so, shoot that bitch from the top of the, the logo I think, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think he's gonna be heavy on the trade list <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised by it. Um, but, yeah, like I said, like, you know, Philly just basically just outmanned Washington, you know, and that one was a 4-1. Um, yeah, barbecue chicken. The series I, I enjoyed, um, but somebody got exposed really bad was that 4-5 with New York and Atlanta. Um, you know, New York kind of rocked all season. Like, you know, they were going to be a tough out. And Julius Randle crumbled under pressure. Go ahead. Let's get this out the way. I ain't going to say that. Go ahead. I just think... I think the that you know playoff basketball is different. Everything, every team ain't gonna run and gun. Right. So they basically said, "Hey, we're gonna double team you every chance we get, and we're gonna make some other dudes beat you, beat us." And you know, it's it's hard to get out those double teams. So did Julius really crumble, or did teams change up their game plan and say, "Hey, y'all dudes, show us y'all can beat us without Julius getting his rocks off, and we'll see what y'all gonna do." And I just think. No, that was a lot of pressure on Julius, but I, you know, I, I ain't gonna say he crumbled. I'm gonna just say they came out with different game plans on him. So me, but, uh, me personally, I guess when I, like my assessment of it, I said, and not necessarily as a combative side, but I felt like Julius crumbled. The reason why I felt like he crumbled was. Nate McMillan schemed that we're going to keep you out of the paint. We're not going to let you get in here. We're not going to bully anybody. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was kind of genius about it was whoever was the one on ball guarding Julius, Capella was always at the rim waiting. Right. So whoever the actual center was, Atlanta showed you, like, we obviously know he's not going to pass the ball to him. Right. So, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, Julius gets the ball at the three-point line with a guy in front of him, and then on the block down there is waiting Capella. And it's just like Mm -hmm. after a while, you're like, Julius, if you penetrate, you got to be willing to make the pass. Right. He was still shooting the ball. And I'm like, at that point, I kind of look at Thibodeau, and I'm like, nigga, pass the fucking ball. So that way, like, I know, uh, was it Nerlens Noel or whatever his yeah. name is? He's obviously not going to kill you, but I'm like, to be 7-1, if you get him the ball next to the rim, it's a dunk. It's real simple. So now that means Capella can't help anymore. But I'm like, basketball one-on-one, make the pass. 
But have, have we seen Nerlens play? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing was, Nerlens was probably no, one of the more gonna... reasons that their defense was kind of like the. Top oh no! Five defensively, he is no, right. He's great. Right. But you know, With just that thing in his hand. I don't <laughs> right. Know. But that's the thing. So it was like when you look at it, like you know, Nate basically was like, "Look, guys, we know this nigga's not passing the ball." Um, and then what, what kind of frustrated me with Julius is a lot of times he settled for a lot of bad jump shots. Yeah. Like, and what's crazy is during the season he was hitting them. Yeah. And now you're like, well, what got me here isn't working. So it's like, all right, now you need to work a little bit. Get to the bucket to kind of get yourself to get a heat check going. Yeah. Then you can kind of get back to your step backs. But I'm watching him dribble and do step back threes. And, and I'm like, Julius? And that's the other part is, I mean, basically he's the damn point guard. That's the problem. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure on that dude. That's the problem. I just got New York to the playoffs, so that's... Ten times the pressure now of New York being on my back. Right. Now I got to be the point guard, the power forward, and the top scorer. Like, that's a lot, man. It is. So, I don't know. I, I was happy to see the season they had, though. Um, it's been a minute to see New York, and we're not, we not talking about the Nets. That don't count. We're talking about old school New York basketball. Thanks, Spike Lee. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's it was good to see. Right. It was, yeah, yeah. it was good to see them balling, man. It was good to feel that energy oh, in yeah. Madison Square Garden, man. Like, you could yeah. feel they've been missing that for Hell a while. Yeah. So. I'm saying they were one of the first ones that were like 70% capacity. Yeah. So it was like a real playoff feel. Yeah. You know, as opposed to what we watched in the bubble when it was, you know, 13 people and it was yeah. the players' families. Yeah. But, uh, right. you know, the good thing just about that, like, it was just. Motherfuckers got exposed with these stadiums. Oh, yeah. oh definitely. <laughs> but it was, it was definitely good to get back to some normalcy. Yes, it um, was. You know, with that. Um, but kudos to Atlanta moving on for that. Yeah. You know, ice, ice Trey shut the garden down. Um, uh-huh. That that motherfucker came the ball for the playoffs. His hairline is atrocious. But that dude can that, 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 that he bald spot. Ball. Yeah, like I, it's crazy. You twenty two. We know. You call Bosley. Hey. <laughs> call that. Nigga. Call somebody. <laughs> but uh, just moving off of that one, um, the three six matchup. For once, finally, Milwaukee showed the fuck up. They did. They didn't get out man. They didn't get out muscle. They didn't get out tough. They're out finesse. They did. Um, and they and they whooped Miami's ass. And it was funny because, like you said, like the bubble really kind of exposed a lot yeah. and a lot of it was because I argued with one of my homeboys I know he's a listener Rod when uh, mm-hmm. we were arguing about the finals and I was like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero Tyler did not Hero. make enough shots for Miami to beat the Lakers can you get a game or two yes but I'm yeah. like come on now they're not going to make enough shots to actually beat LeBron and AD like Jimmy almost like had to will himself I'm talking about like yeah. cramps and drinking Gatorade to try mm-hmm. to get ready for the next game but sleeping all day I'm like they he, just couldn't do it he looked like Willis Reed coming off of that yeah. <laughs> so you know Miami really kind of took a step back um, for me like you know they just kind of looked completely outmatched you know what was kind of their thing in the bubble which was their toughness and making shots they yeah. couldn't do either one um, you know, they were always known for defense. And, I mean, like, they were getting ate up by the role players. Yeah. Um, was it Kavanaugh or something? And mm-hmm. then uh, the other boy from Villanova, mm-hmm. he was eating them up before he got hurt. Um, there was a random shooter, Forbes. He was yeah. killing them. I mean, like, Forbes gave him, like, 25 one night. Like, Miami just looked bad. Um, so, you know, the funny thing is, is I know they said Miami's been a lot of trade consideration talks, potentially to get, like, a Lillard, um, somebody like that. I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, fuck Miami Heat. <laughs> I just got swept. I don't want to see Dame go back into a situation like that. That's, <laughs> right. I mean, that's basically just like staying in Portland. 
Yeah, except the, <laughs> except the, you know, location is everything. Location. Well, location. yeah, yeah, you're right. There's a lot more ass in South Beach I mean, to look at daily that's true. than it is in Oregon. And 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 you don't pay <laughs> taxes. Very true. So I, I wouldn't be mad at Dame saying, "Fuck it, I'm going to Tootsie's." Yeah. Or King of Diamonds. <laughs> King of Diamonds Monday. Uh, two seven matchup: Boston and Brooklyn. Um, I said, I'm pretty sure we were in consensus. Brooklyn had them. You know, Boston obviously wasn't healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, Brooklyn, you know, obviously just with at least two of their stars, which obviously, you know, going to dominate Boston, uh, which they did, which was Katie and Kyrie. Um, it's kind of funny because a lot of people are saying it's bad karma on Kyrie when he was A-Town stomping the Boston uh, logo. <laughs> uh, he ends up, for those of you who don't know, but everybody should know by now that the nigga hurt his ankle. Um, so they were saying, you should have saved your ankle, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that matchup just you know Brooklyn just had a better more talent on the roster than Boston Boston yeah. kind of more so it was like it was Katie and Kyrie and company versus Jason Tatum and that was pretty much it Tatum became a man you know yeah cause the one win they had I mean he had to score 50 I yeah. mean like what more do you want a nigga to do but, Tatum became a man and in, in with Boston um, it's going to be interesting to see their next step and their next move, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With Brad Stevens just stepping down. Um, I think they just also are about to... Oh, crock of shit. Right. <laughs> so with, I also think they um, they just named Iduka. Yeah. Um, the head coach. So to see a guy, you know, a kind of assistant... Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, to see what he's going to bring to the table yeah. and what kind of moves they're going to make. You yeah. know, is is are they going to keep some of those pieces? Yeah, because you know they already I mean? got rid of Kemba. Um, said, yeah. you know, Kemba, you can slide. They brought Al Horford back because <laughs> um, you know, basically they said they want to build the talent around Tatum and Brown. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like you know with those two guys, I mean, it's definitely something to build around. I feel like you got to figure out what your identity is going to be. Al going to play in about twenty seven games. I think Al's probably going to end up <laughs> traded out of there. Um, you know, because I mean, like his contract is only guaranteed up to like really thirteen million. So I mean, yeah. like, he's really not killing them. Um, so I think he'll end up on somebody's team that needs a player or a veteran, something late in the season. Fuck Al. Pretty much. That's fuck how I feel about it. Fuck chose Boston over the Wizards <laughs> some years ago. Uh, going into the West, uh, Utah-Memphis. You, you, Memphis was just outmatched. Um, yeah. you know, they had a, a tough game one when they beat Utah, uh, but you know that's when yeah, a couple guys were playing out of their mind, you know, making shots. And you know, after a while, you know, Utah just you know overpowered them. You know, yeah. That that Memphis team is scrappy. Yeah. You know, they ain't got, a, you know, all this and all that. Well, they got a job. But yeah. <laughs> that team is just a scrappy-ass team. And if you if you let them bully you around, you know, they'll stay in the game. But it's when you when they started opening up that offense and started hitting shots, and once they got down by a certain amount, they knew they couldn't do nothing. They couldn't do shit. But I give it to them, man. They made it gritty and they made it tough out there. You know, I, I, I like that team, man. Not that they got a whole lot of pieces. I just like what they do. They know mm-hmm. we're not that great. They just make that shit tough, man. So. Yeah. No, they no, and it was like, you know, kudos to coaching. I mean, when it boils down to it, it's that, you know, these guys were in position, you know, to potentially get games. But when it boiled down to it, they just didn't have enough star power. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just too much Donovan Mitchell uh, when it was all said and done. And, you know, his supporting cast was a lot stronger than John Morant's. Um, you know, with Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles and, you know, uh, Rudy and uh, Clarkson coming off the bench. O'Neal. Bogdanovich. Yeah. Fuck you, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, 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 the probably one of the better uh, matchups in the West. Well, I said um, I picked the Clippers to win. I said I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavericks won it. So um, that, that series was kind of going back and forth. Like, for some reason, like, the Clippers kind of, 
I don't know what it is when they play the Mavericks. They just seem clueless at times when they get a hold of Luca. Like Luca yeah. uh, basically did whatever the fuck he wanted, mm-hmm. and it was kind of the same thing last year. Like when I watched the Clippers lose, everybody who actually pays attention to basketball could see. Everybody that watched the Denver series could see. The Clippers couldn't figure out how to guard a fucking high screen and roll, a right. one five high screen and roll, and it was getting to the point that it was ridiculous. And I'm like, nigga, you either got to take Zubac out. Or you gotta play small because if you don't jump out on the screen, mm-hmm. Jamal Murray was hitting the three. So the Clippers would have sixteen point leads, nineteen point leads. After about five of those, you know, now you're talking about a four point game. Right. Um, you know, so the Clippers, so kudos to Ty Lu, you know, who made adjustments this ding 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 this, this time. <laughs> <laughs> who made adjustments and you know they found a way to win because you know, just watching that series, like nobody could win at home. Doc. You know, everybody had to win on the road. Hey right. Doc. Right. <laughs> Doc. Um Kind of crazy situation with the Mavs, though, because, you know, they said Luka basically yeah. ran, ran Carlisle up out of there. They said they got tired of trying to control that little fucker. Um, but, you know, that, that series was definitely entertaining. Um, you know, Kawhi obviously showed you, you know, when he decides he wants to say, fuck it, I'm strapping this nigga. Yeah. He makes it extremely difficult for the person he's guarding. I didn't realize, and I agree with you, uh, I agree with you totally. And then a lot of those switching screens, now you're talking about, fuck, they, they switching and screening, and they doing that pick and pop at the top. Now you're talking about fucking Patrick Beverly's on Luka. Like that's yeah. that's barbecue chicken house in the house. <laughs> that's barbecue chicken. But getting back to Luke, I didn't realize he was a diva like that, man. Well, I mean that's kind of the crazy thing. A lot of people you wouldn't. I mean, like you usually you have to find out those things like internally from the organization. Well, come to find out, that was one of the reasons Sacramento did not draft him uh, because his father and Vlade Divac got beef. Oh. So international he, shit. <laughs> he was well, yeah. That's probably we talk about probably cigars, money, and some different right. type right. shit. <laughs> but yeah, so surprise, supposedly they, they their people's got beef. So he was basically like, "Yo, Sacramento draft me. I'm just gonna stay overseas." Yeah. So, but now it's interesting to see because uh, somebody else stepped down. Um, was it, who Nelson? Somebody like the this. DM Donnie Nelson. Yeah, he st- he stepped down too. So and that was supposed to be his man. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here, you know, with uh, with them. Yeah. And, and, and to find a coach that can get Porzingis involved in the offense. I think Porzingis be- needs to go. Uh, yeah, but if, he, if you can't trade him, you have to involve him in the offense. I mean, they basically weren't running shit for Porzingis. And it was basically like, yo, get, get it where you fit it, baby. Pretty much. <laughs> and if you don't, you don't. So I mean, I guess my other thing is, like, I guess – with you know watching Porzingis because obviously to be seven four he's full of you know a, a, a various amount of skill sets. Yeah. But the other thing is it's like the games that the Mavericks were winning they were doing a good job of distributing the ball so yeah. other guys were finding their rhythms because I mean realistically do I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is a 25, 28 point scorer tonight? No. <laughs> or Finney, my boy. Finney Smith? No. But uh, they were somehow still finding ways to be productive. The problem is, is when they lost, they couldn't hit shit. That fucker will score 50 on the Wizards every time he plays. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, that's when it came down to adjustments when they were just like, you know what, Kawhi, you need to try to fight over the screen, stay yeah. on Luka as much as you can because he's taking a lot of shots. And it's just like, you know, he was making them. And then yeah. when he got Pat Beverly, he was like, I'm going to the block. Yep. So it got to the point then where they were like, stay on everybody else. 
Mm-hmm. Make Luca beat it. So Luca scores forty, great. Nobody That's else it. needs to have over ten or fifteen. Yeah, we win the game because the Mavericks obviously couldn't play a lick of defense. <laughs> and what's crazy is the Mavericks tried to scramble and put in uh, Bogdanovich or the the big large looking. Yeah, yeah, I know you talking about. And I mean, like, I'm <laughs> just big like seven five by. Yeah, I'm just like, bro, like, come on now, like y'all scrambling. Like, yeah. but the funny thing is, it's like the Clippers were sending this shit. Like every time he got the ball, they swatting this shit out of his hand. <laughs> I'm like, they're like, get your big ass out of here. So that was that was probably one of my more favorite series to watch. No, it was. It was a great series, man. This is tough sometimes when you got work and them jumps come on at 10 o'clock at night. Right. But, uh, but no, nah, that was a great series. I see. The other one we got here was uh, Denver-Portland. Um, I, I, You know what's funny is, is you know, a lot of people, I, I, I really tried to fight for Dame and, you know, like... I, I was kind of really hoping Portland beat Denver. I felt like, you know, missing Jamal Murray, I felt like this was a chance for Portland to kind of go in that joint, knock off a three seed, and kind of get ready for the second round. They would have played, you know, Phoenix. I felt like Portland finally was healthy enough to an extent that they should at least got past the first round. And it was kind of disappointing. I mean, like, I'm really watching, like, you know, Michael Porter Jr. stroking him out. And, pause. And, and, and out, no pause. All pun intended. <laughs> he, he was stroking Portland. <laughs> Slow stroking him. I mean, making love to him. Mm. Um, Think about him. Think about him. And, and then the MVP, you know, you know, the Joker, you know, he was just killing. And I'm just kind of looking at Portland. And I'm like, you guys have so much talent. And then, you know, you guys lose 4-2. And the Joker is a dog. Yeah. I, I like him. I just don't, in my opinion, I just didn't like him to be an MVP. I just, I, uh, he I'm, had to be. Uh, that's the problem. He had yeah, to be because nobody yeah. else played because <laughs> everybody else was hurt. But I was just yeah. like, I mean, like I, I, I watched them how they got swept in that Phoenix series, and I mean, Aiton was in his ass. I mean, he still did him. Oh, Aiton was gosh. just. I mean, pounding it, Justin Slayer style. Them boots with, with shades. With the hat No, you go straight forward, hey. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so watching that, so it's like now it's just like, you know, that, of course the Portland coach got fired or they mutually decided to part ways. So it's like now, if you're Portland's management, like, what's your direction now? Because Dan's going to want out. Man. You know, you got to start to break this team up because obviously this team's just not giving you success. And I'm normally the Portland defender on this pod. <laughs> I can't defend this shit no more. It's undefendable. If that's a word, I think it is. But anyway, I don't really care if it is or not. <laughs> I don't care if it is or not. It is today. But uh, I, CJ McCullough, like, <laughs> yeah. What are you? Yeah. Melo gave my. You know, normally I'm not a mellow dude. Mm-hmm. Melo was out there fighting, man. Defense and offensively. Melo was out there giving it his all, man. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they were healthy. And they had an opportunity. And I mean, I don't, it, it's just time to break it up. You know, there's rumors of Melo going to L.A. I think he's a free agent. So there's rumors of him going to L.A. I've heard rumors of C.J. I've heard rumors of Dame Lillard going to the Knicks. To say I've heard the Knicks, I've heard Miami, I've yeah, heard potentially LA. Like, so Dame I mean, be a hot commodity. I, it's like you say, Super Dave, their coach. He uh, he got the fuck up out of there. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, and it's like it's crazy because it's like they just kept winning during the regular season, and it's like when they got in the playoffs, it's just it was I, I, it's different it, basketball. Yeah, and I think a lot of the times it was kind of showing you that Portland is not great. At executing down the stretch, it's right. kind of more like, all right, Dame, here's the ball, try to go win the game for mm-hmm. us. And after a while, it's just like that's just not winning basketball. Like you mm-hmm. got to find ways to get other guys easy buckets. 
And then if the game's tight in the last four or five minutes, you can say, all right, Dame, this is your time to shine. But when you tell telling Dame to go win you a whole quarter yeah. over and over and over, and then you wonder why the motherfucker's shooting, you know, the 20 for 53 and shit like that, I'm like, bro, like the one game they lost, I think, I think it was game five or game six, game five, Lillard took him to overtime. Like Lillard was That's when he scored crazy. 55 or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. And even the boy Austin Rivers was like, this motherfucker won't miss. And I'm like... <laughs> that was I'm, one of the best performances. Yeah, like how um, many nights can you expect yeah. to keep going in and hitting those shots? Like it's not going to happen. That's just not the way basketball rolls. Right. So I'm like, you can't keep depending on Dame's going to hit a shot, Dame's going to hit a shot and hope mm-hmm. to win. Like at some point you got to figure out what's working. That's not working for Portland. Right. Um, so... That Portland needs to figure something out because they're about to be down there with the Kings probably in the next two or three years when them niggas start rolling. Yeah. Um, so our last matchup of the West in the first round considered uh, the Phoenix Suns and the Lakers. Mm. Um, How sweet it is to be loved. By the real, the real nigga in me says, mm. "L.A. lost because they were injured." Mm. Um, the other nigga in me says, "Fuck that." It was time for y'all niggas to lose. Phoenix was the better team. <laughs> and when it boiled down to it, you guys is king. You guys is goat. Got sent the fuck home in the first round. So now we can put all that shit to bed. Mike lost in the first round three times. LeBron's never lost in the first round. Like we always say, and it's amazing because now a lot of y'all say losing in the first round, when's that been relevant? And I'm like, we've been saying that for years when y'all kept bringing up that Mike lost three times in his career in the first round. It's not fucking relevant. But your king went home. Next year's a new year. Um, Phoenix was just a better team. They had tough chemistry. Um, You know, they play a lot of scrappy ball. They play defense well. They rebound well. Um, You know, CP kind of almost pulled his usual bullshit and got hurt. But, um, you know, they figured it out. Devin Booker proved that he is going to be next star. Yeah. He, he's that one of those niggas. He's going to be next star. He's a bad boy. Um, other than that, AD, you need to stop working out so much because you can't stay healthy. He needs to rest. Yes. <clears throat> I don't think he ever got healthy. I think yeah. I think I said that on the last pod we had. It's been a minute, but I don't think he ever got healthy. I think he was trying to keep pushing himself back. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, how I, y'all know how this goes, man. If your back hurt. And you keep stressing shit, it's gonna go down to your, you know, down your legs. Mm-hmm. If your Achilles hurts, it's gonna go up to your knee. Mm-hmm. It's all gonna be the same shit. And you talking about all on one leg, that becomes an issue after a while. And then once that Achilles tears, tears, it's a wrap. You talking about a year and some change to come back, mm-hmm. and then you never feel the same. It's like it's, he needs to rest. Hopefully he doesn't play on the, you know, Team USA. But then again, fuck the Lakers. So I hope you do play, and then you tear everything. See, I believe he's so, <laughs> But uh, I've served correctly. But you know, that's just me trying to be funny or whatever. But no, he, um, the Lakers just didn't have enough. You know, once once he got hurt, you know, and not to be funny, he's the key to that whole team. He is that team. Yeah, he is a that. A lot of you guys who are LeBron fans won't admit it. LeBron yeah. is, is he's old. He's got a lot of miles on. Yeah, him. he's got to be second fiddle now. To see LeBron breaking down is uh, it's almost. Um, I don't, I don't know the exact word, but it's kind of like, uh, like, damn, like you're finally seeing it. And don't ever get it twisted. Neither one of us are like huge Bron fans, but we also ain't stupid mm-hmm. to be like, yo, we're not gonna sit here and enjoy this oh, yeah. time you're of seeing only greatness. Got about two years, maybe three <laughs> so, left of that shit. Because he's, he, he's to see you, Superman kind of breaking down is like, it's unrealistic. It's kind of like, and then to watch him go to the. Uh, 
when he got up and went to the locker room with like seven minutes left. Yeah. Like, I come on, say, man. He said, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> like, come he on, man. Kobe, when Kobe walked off to practice and was like, I'm not practicing. Yeah, but that's practice. You talking about a whole game. Like, <laughs> nah, I know. <laughs> I don't even know if Kobe would have said, take me out of that game. Kobe would have been like, man, shit, I'm about to get me real quick. Yeah. No, very true. <laughs> but, uh, it, was, it, was, it was interesting to watch, like, Phoenix kind of show you, like, you know, we've... We we've built something here. We added yeah. a couple of veterans. We had some young core talent. Now we've added some veterans, and it's amazing because just having a couple of you know guy debates, you know, during early in the day, you know, I was like, these niggas were just a ten seed, you know, a year ago, and then you know to kind of flip the script because like you know they kind of caught fire a little bit for the I bubble. I say thing. that bubble um, kept that that mentality from the bubble carried over. It was the opposite effect of Miami. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, also kudos to Monty Williams. I mean, because yes. he's on Coach of the Year. But yes. I mean, like the philosophy he brought in, like he brought in his guy, you know, yeah. with the Chris Paul thing, and yeah. was like, you know, let's work together, let's get this shit. And it was like kudos to Chris Paul because he got those guys to kind of buy into the team concept, mm-hmm. team chemistry. Because like Bridges, um, Payne, like those guys are playing out of their mind right now on both ends of the ball, defensively, offensively. Like they stay within the scheme. And then you know, for me, I bring him up all the time, and I mean, he you look at them paper it ain't all this and all that but Crowder man that dude just he plays the one through the five just go out there and give it everything you need those type of dudes man at the end of the day you know he might get four points four rebounds you know one block yeah he he gonna make you work yeah no those those are good to have um Let's say kudos, kudos to Phoenix because I mean, like right now, you know they're definitely rolling. Yeah. Um, you know, transitioning back to the second round, uh, you know we're starting the East. Let's say that one five matchup with Philly and ATL. Um, that was bad on Philly's hat on behalf. Um, mm. And a lot of motherfuckers are really upset because mm. a lot of us are saying we blame Doc, and a lot of people are saying, <laughs> well, you know Doc can't play the game, and I'm like, this is a recurring theme with Doc. Um, the statistic that's out there, there were eight blown leads in the playoffs that were double-digit leads, and Doc has five of them. They're like the largest blown leads. Doc has five of them. So this shows you, um, it shows you Doc at times doesn't know what the fuck is going on as a coach, and it's frustrating if your your team is under his direction because, like literally, like Atlanta made an adjustment. And, you know, you're looking at Philly sometimes and you're like, okay, they made an adjustment. Now we need to make an adjustment. And he would just say, kind of say, fuck it and keep rocking with it. When it boiled down to it, it came down to Ben Simmons. Um, (laughs) Atlanta basically said, when we need to get a couple possessions, we're going to foul Ben Simmons. So the normal person in me would say, if I was a coach, right now, Ben, you're a liability. And a lot of people are saying, well, you can't take him out because of defense. Trey Young already gave the nigga 30. So obviously that's not true. So now they're fouling you and putting you at the free throw line, and you're missing both. Well, they seen his quote in the newspaper said, "If they foul me, I'ma hit them." A lot of detective tests determined that was a lie. Hey, that's the <laughs> only thing that fucking slow ass Scott Brooks showed people is to foul Ben Simmons. <laughs> right. That's about the only thing he did good because you are some shit. Yeah. Fuck you, Scott Brooks. And I'm then, sorry. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, and and it's like it's frustrating watching Doc's teams because I'm just like. You know, once they lost this series four to three, like Doc had at two point in two straight games, they had fifteen a lead by fifteen points or more, mm-hmm. and they blew them. One of them was twenty six points, yeah, twenty six point lead, and mm-hmm. literally you couldn't make any adjustments on your team to get an easy bucket to stop the bleeding. It was so many people that turned that game off, right? 
thinking it was a wrap. And then what's crazy is you got people saying, well, Doc is a coach. He can't play the game. I get it. Yeah. But when I'm watching your team out on the court and then you're saying, okay, we need to get a bucket. I'm watching Joel Embiid at the top of the key from the three-point line trying to dribble past uh, Danilo Gallinari, mm-hmm. who at that point, any guard is like, well, we want to see a big man dribbling that's because we're either going to try to get a charge or want to steal the ball from you. Right. And when you think about it, Capella's standing back there waiting for him. So you're going to have two guys waiting to contest the ball. One guy mm-hmm. swatting at it while it's low and Capella to swat at it while it's high. So the problem is... is and Doc, Collins, my, Collins might come in and block that right. John out so my So for those of you who I've debated with repeatedly about this, my frustration is, is Doc, you need to draw up a play or two and get somebody else an easy bucket. Now, am I saying you have a lot of guys who can go out and create their own shot? No. But at some point, set up a back screen. Do something to get somebody to dive to the cup. Because when the defense converges on a bead, we are, half of us know he's not passing the ball. He's shooting a fadeaway. Right. Get these guys to buy into your program. It was clear they didn't buy into it. Because when they got down to it, they started doing their own thing. Um, so that's what my frustration with Philly is. Is In my opinion, Doc is just not a great coach when he has to make adjustments. Yeah, Doc... Um I mean, I get it. Everybody wants Doc to be great and good because it's Doc. And he's black. Yeah, I'm just going there, too. (laughs) And look, I might have been over to coach the goddamn Celtics to a motherfucking championship. Four Hall of Famers. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, shit, uh, uh, Paul Pierce and them probably ran their own motherfucking plays. They probably called them all out. But I ain't going to shit on Doc that way. But, yeah, I mean, he's definitely got to find... You know, like you say, somebody or some players to come in, and and they gotta find a way to open up and space that flooring up. Very <clears throat> in in uh, Philly, because if they don't, teams is gonna do what they do is and sit back, let them try to shoot. Mm-hmm. They gonna hit the paint and they gonna try to rebound and make sure you know Embiid doesn't get his second chance shots. I know at one point it felt like um, Philly couldn't get any rebounds. It felt like the Hawks was getting all the rebounds and. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. Like Atlanta again. Kudos to Nate McMillan. He yeah. basically zoned them. He basically yeah. said, "We don't feel like you guys can do enough from the outside right. to get damages." Now Philly was in their defense slightly because I, Doc, you're not getting the pass. You were missing Danny Green, but we're not gonna say act like Danny Green is this pure sharp. He's a he's basically a two. Shit, we just killed Danny Green last year because the motherfucker <laughs> couldn't hit right. the fucking barn. Right. right? So <laughs> then, like my frustration with it is is like, okay, you need to make an adjustment. So yeah. the biggest thing was when Ben Simmons really thrived during the season. It's usually when Joel Embiid was not there because he right. was injured. So now. Then but kind of became more the focal point where he was able to rebound. He was able to get a couple cuts back door. So now you got to play with your rotations a bit because having them both on the floor at the same time, you're just clogging the fucking paint. Right. You basically are running the 1996 NBA offense where you had a four and a five that were down on the block. So mm. now, legitimately, guys like Tobias Harris, who I'm not a huge fan of, he can't get to the cup anyway because the two niggas standing there waiting right. on top of the nigga that's guarding him. So now he had a decent series, though. He okay, one of his games, he was trash. I think yeah. he had four points, especially for a guy that they got an eighty million dollar deal or extension or whatever he was making, which was way way too fucking much. But it's um, the NBA. Berton's got eighty million. Very true. Very true. <laughs> that that'd be NBA money. Um, but when I boil down to it, fuck Philly. Um, kudos to Nate McMillan in Atlanta because yeah. when Atlanta early in the season, I was not a fan. Um, <laughs> they got that coach up out of there because they saw something. They yeah. were like, "You got to go." And they brought in Nate McMillan, and Nate has those guys playing defense. Nate is, has Ice Trey is, is, is fucking freezing right now. Yeah. Uh, that nigga shut down New York. He shut down Philly. Um, that little motherfucker is feisty. So kudos to Atlanta moving on, who will be playing tonight against Milwaukee. 
I hate to say it, I, I feel like Milwaukee's probably going to beat them niggas 4-1. I don't know if Ice Train is not enough for Milwaukee. <laughs> um, so the series here that you know everybody's kind of been talking about as My of late, stars. Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Um, oh, yeah. Kudos to Giannis um, for getting over the hump because everybody felt like this was Brooklyn's series to lose. And you know a lot of people are gonna say, eh, if Kyrie wasn't, if Kyrie wasn't hurt, if James wasn't hurt, this is the sport. People get hurt. Mm-hmm. When it boils down to it, Milwaukee basically was the more healthier team. Kevin Durant, you fought your ass off. I give you that. You yeah. fought your ass off. Um, you know, you you know a lot of people kind of took it in. You know, especially one of his games when the nigga had was forty nine points. Yeah. A lot of people kind of took it in as like he solidified it. It's his time now. Um, they fought their ass off, but I mean, when it boiled down to it, Joe Harris couldn't make a fucking three pointer to save his life. When has anybody seen him since that series? And the funny thing is, what a lot of motherfuckers said, he was like, "You'd be damned if you think Joe Harris is about to make a game winning three on Juneteenth," and, <laughs> and it was fucking true. Um, Brooklyn has got a, a terrible good problem to figure out, and the only good thing about the problem is, is you have three basically all NBA All Stars coming back. Right um, to your roster. The problem is, is respectively, they're going to make forty-four, forty million, and thirty-seven million. So three of your players, damn, they're eating up almost one hundred twenty, one hundred thirty million of your cap. Don't quote me specifically. Right, right, I got you. Um, so that means everybody else is going to be G League players because you're going to be able to. But you, you know players. how this going to go too, though. So Lou Williams or somebody going to come out there for two million dollars. <laughs> You know how it's going, but you know how it's going to go, bro. I do like know it's, how it's going to go. You know it's going to be some motherfuckers. You know we that ain't you know they ain't what they were, but they'll Jeff Green going to resign again. Oh, but shout out to Jeff Green by the way. You bought your little ass off in this motherfucking series. He definitely gave him that. PG game. County definitely yeah. did their thing in this series. He, but he definitely he definitely helped you out there. That man, what he go seven for eight? Yeah, from the three point line. Yeah, like at twenty seven points. <laughs> yeah, so but nah, um, but you know how this is, man. People gonna find a way to they gonna get the you know league veteran minimum for some dude. We for you know that's still pretty good. The rest of them gonna resign for two million. But the Nets, um, I don't know. I, I would have loved to see them healthy. But that comes with the territory, like you said. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and James Harden. To me, doesn't he's not getting enough right? He's not getting enough blame for this, and he deserves all of it. He deserves a lot of blame. <laughs> I mean, it was to the point like KD looking at this dude like, man, tired as fuck. Come get this motherfucking ball, man. Right? I need you to do something, motherfucker. Right. Like you normally go and do all that sissified bullshit and do all that flopping. And right. I mean, he wasn't even doing all that. And like, I get it. And yes, he was on one leg. Man, but I, I watched him miss four wide open shots, and I'm like, yeah. if you're not if you're not helping the team, you're obviously hurting the team. My other point, my other uh, point is not even James Harden. It's Steve Nash. What the fuck were you doing? Like you you played KD two 50, full fucking games, fifty three minutes. You left a timeout on the table. When you saying your man was about to take the last shot, right. you could have called a timeout and gave him a realistically another three minutes right. to catch his breath and all right. that. And you like, had, and like that's and it's funny because we slammed Doc about poor execution. Right. Like Steve Nash really showed you his inexperience as a coach. He like did. at different times, and I'm like, yo, your man is over here gasping for fucking air. His hands are on his knees while he's watching somebody else shoot the ball. I don't give a fuck if it was a two minute break. You have to take Katie out. You cannot have that nigga who's right. been injured. The last couple of years, 
playing that much basketball because realistically, <clears throat> what happens if he tears something down? Now he's out all of next season. It's almost like the same thing we were talking about with AD. Yes. Playing way too much. And then not only that, one, I don't think Steve Nash is a good coach. Two, yeah. you just you just lost one of your assistants. Right. And I'm pretty sure Dan Tony's going to get a fucking job somewhere. I believe So it. that's two of your top assistants gone. Right. So you better bring in somebody that's worth a fuck. Right. You better bring in Sam Cassell or somebody Something. because I'm pretty sure Dan Tony was really coaching that damn team. I think he was. And, and, I, and <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I really think he was. I think the other frustration for me is that you bring in someone else to coach a team who didn't necessarily have success. Like everybody kind right. of felt a certain way about Dan Tony, you know, during his runs with what Phoenix, mm-hmm. his runs with Houston. So I'm looking at Steve Nash, and I'm just like, your mismanagement of your rotations, because um, at different times I felt like you could have thrown different guys at at Giannis, right? And I don't feel like they did. Um, you know, just watching them play, at, you know, basketball. Sometimes it was kind of more of like KD will win us the game as opposed to come up with something schematic. Let's let, let's work on some different things. Now, a lot of it also turned into guys like Joe Harris who just didn't show up. Because, I mean, two of their losses, they needed Joe Harris to make two shots. And he went, I think, one for 10 or one for 11 in mm-hmm. one. He might have went three for 10 and another one. So I'm like, all right, you let a guy like Karis LeVert go. You know, I was I was just getting ready to get into that. <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah. when they say hindsight is twenty twenty, but you let them good young players leave, right? That could have been out there balling, right? The the young center that went out to Cleveland, oh uh, Allen, yes. yeah, he would have been he perfect for y'all. Perfect, perfect defender. Perfect. Would you really stop? Him? I mean, no, but the right. length and the strength. I mean, what? they they let a lot go in that trade yes. to go out and get James Harden. We know Harden is a beast, but we talking about the way that team was about to start to about to have an infrastructure of young and old. Mm-hmm. I think they let Kyrie dictate what happened to that team. Yeah, because if you really know the background, Kyrie didn't like some of those dudes that got traded. Yeah. So he basically was like, and that's why he was holding out a little bit early in the season. Mm-hmm. He was doing his little sissy fire shit. And, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm not going to show up for this. And yeah. I'm not going to. So Steve a lot of that shit. That happen. Yeah, a lot of that shit he let happen. And so, uh, man, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, like we said. But I, I just think, I said it, we said it back then. We didn't think that trade was good. Yeah. So, but then again, they got to that point. But, you know, KD just couldn't put that last bucket in there. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's blaming size 17. It's crazy because you know, it's always women that say it, but for once, men actually have to say <laughs> those couple of inches actually counted. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't never said that. So. <laughs> uh, moving on out of that series, because again, I just can't reiterate enough. Like, Steve Nash, you failed Brooklyn. Yes. Um, you know, unfortunately, you did come into some injuries, but, you know, your, your, your inexperience as a head coach really showed itself. Um, you know, your team was more competitive because of the talent that it had. That motherfucker sit there with his hands crossed. The and look, and then look, what was crazy was the one game when KD won and he gave him a hug like, Daddy, hold me. Right. Steve Nash, you need to learn how to coach basketball because, like you said, like yeah. his assistants are going to start leaving to go get other opportunities and it's going to fall on him. So now you got to learn to construct offense mm-hmm. when, you know, these guys, because these guys need breaks. And, like, yeah. Steve Nash, you, you failed. You're, you're, you're just as bad as Doc Rivers damn near. Like and you, you shouldn't have more MVPs than Kobe. At all. At <laughs> anyway, all. that's a different subject. Not for those average <laughs> seasons. Um, out West, Utah Clippers, um, 4-2. Um, first, I'm going to say kudos to Ty Lue. Um, yeah. Ty Lue did a great job of making adjustments. And I'm going to reiterate adjustments a lot because mm-hmm. this is what Doc Rivers struggles with. 
um, it was to the point that even Josh Smith, a former player from Houston, um, which was one of Doc's uh, blown leads that were 3-1, 3-2-ish, something like that, um, in the playoffs. And he said, we knew this motherfucker wasn't going to make adjustments. And he didn't make adjustments. And they blew a 3-1, 3-2 lead. Yeah. And they lost to Houston that year. So Talu said, you know, <laughs> we went down 0-2 again. So we're going to make adjustments. And the adjustment basically was we're going to play small ball because we don't think Rudy Gobert is athletic enough to come out on the perimeter. Um, part of that was... Utah had him so fucking cemented on that block. Like, Terrence Mann was standing in the corner, and Rudy wouldn't even try to run out there. Right. I watched on a sequence, Rudy looked out there, started to walk there, then turned around and went back to the block. Rudy said, man, that's Terrence Mann. I'm not worried about this. I got his face shut off. (laughs) (laughs) Kudos to Terrence Mann, because that nigga was shooting 70% from the three-point line that night. I mean, like, and after a while, you like, Rudy, you got to jump out there yeah. And at least run him off the three-point line and let somebody <laughs> else come give you some help defense and right. make him make the pass. Rudy was like, I'm not leaving the paint, bro. Mm-mm. And got his face shot off. Batum shooting threes. Man shooting threes. Like, Utah's coach got out coached. Snyder got out coached. three-point shot is so slow. Right. Like, <laughs> he was playing 2K. Like, that nigga's oh, quick draw is like, copper. I mean, that's just how slow that joint is. The niggas that play video games realize, like, that's exactly <laughs> what the fuck it is. Um... But the Clippers were the better team um, in that series yeah. based off the adjustments because a lot of people, I felt Utah would have beat them. Um, but, you know, Ty Lue said we're going to make an adjustment, and that's what coaching is because a lot of the times in the NBA, you know, I feel like there's only so much coaching you can do. Sometimes it just comes down to, to talent. Yeah. And, you know, when it gets to those certain points where you have to coach, now we see what kind of coach you really are. Um, and Ty Lue stepped up to the plate and said, you know, this is what I feel like gives us the best chance to win, and it worked to perfection. Um so, you know, Clip, Clippers walked away with that one. Utah kind of failed again. I feel at some point Donovan Mitchell's going to say, I'm out of there. The only reason I foresee him sticking around is because of the relationship with Dwayne Wade, who's, you know, a part owner of the franchise yeah. now. So, yeah. like, they're going to try to lean on D. Wade to try to keep a lot of the black dudes uh, from leaving and try to get more coming in. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure he gets taken care of well in the uh, polygamous uh, <laughs> atmosphere out there in Utah. Yeah, <laughs> I got polygamous on That news to me. Oh, it's Utah. It's the Mormons. They don't be sharing their wives out there. Okay. <laughs> Next series was uh, Denver Phoenix. Denver was barbecue chicken from start to finish. Um, pan fried hibachi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pile drive whore in a driveway. Ooh. Whore in a van. Whore in a car. What's the joke? My suka. Right. Getting get the train ran on her for fifty bucks. Like Ooh. it was a terrible, terrible series. Where Denver, Phoenix was just too powerful for him. You know, CP was feeling himself. Devin Booker was feeling himself. I mean, these these guys were walking around with their nuts out the whole series. Shit. It ain't even a whole lot to really elaborate on nah, that. Denver, wouldn't. you know, a lot of people say, would it have been different with Jamal Murray? No. Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, then, for real, for real, we had to see what Jamal Murray... It is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was bubble Jamal Murray on that jump. Yeah. What was you outside of that bubble like that? You yeah. know what I'm saying? So. And then, um, and, you know, because now it brings us to, so the Eastern Conference hasn't even started their ECFs they yet. Start they tonight. start tonight. Um, but touch to touch a little bit on the Western Conference finals. Mm. You know, from the Clippers series, you know, we didn't give the... We talking about the the one right now? The one we're talking, well, Previous. It, it, it's basically correlating to the gotcha. same thing. PG showed up in the Utah series. He did. And then COVID-13 came back mm. um, last night. 
But those of you who watch, boy, you look sick. <laughs> those of you who watched Game Two of the Phoenix Clips uh, WCF game, um, yeah. Paul George shot like shit, played like shit. Um, I think he shot like eight for twenty-two, something like that. What what blew my mind the most about the whole sequence was Paul George came down and hit a clutch shot. He so, did. So you like, you know what? That nigga hit him with a little hesi move, hit the came jumper. Inside. You like bet. That that was the one before. Yeah. He, said he hit the other jumper. So you're like, okay, PG kind of said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna take it upon myself." Then you get a chance to put the game basically either away, yeah. or you force Phoenix to have to make an immaculate three point shot to tie the game and send it to overtime, and you step up and miss both free throws. His cornrows was too tight. <laughs> Them Jones, <laughs> Jones was a little. <laughs> I mean, like like my man Club Club Shay Shay said, Shannon Sharps. He said, "Man, the boy's knees was knocking so hard, I he thought somebody so. was at my door." Mm. Like that, that motherfucker was like he looked like Ben Simmons at the free throw he line. He was shaking like booty meat. Yeah, I mean, like literally, he looked like Ben Simmons at the free throw line. Like he mm. stepped up that bitch and was like, "I'm not making either one of these." He said, "Look like them Jones, them fat Jones in the sundress." Ha! <laughs> As he's just clapping, just shaking away. Um, the Clippers lost that game more than Phoenix won, in my opinion. Yes, had, very much so. They had opportunities to put it away. Patrick Beverly did a hell of a job guarding Devin Booker, frustrating Devin Booker. Yeah, he, he did. Broke, even broke the nigga's nose. He did. Um, I'll say shout out to Yamo because I know you listening. You had the audacity trying to convince me that PJ Tucker was a better defender than Patrick Beverly, and I said I feel they're both trash, but at least Patrick Beverly was an All Pro defender. PJ Tucker was just out there getting his face shot off. Um, so Beverly showed you he can play a little bit of defense. <laughs> and he talked shit a little too early too. He did. He was talking that shit. He did. <laughs> he was all talking a little shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think even Boogie was talking a little shit. And Boogie was all Boogie, hey, Boogie almost. If that man wasn't right there, Booker might have fell three rows back. He put the shit on Booker's ass. Funny if Boogie would have stole him and broke his nose some more. <laughs> hey, they gotta stop calling fouls on Boogie. Boogie was on a loose ball, joint, had the hand on the ball, and they called a foul on that man, which is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. They hate that man. So, you know, when I look at that series, I felt like, you know, again, the Clippers are down 0-2. I think this is the time that the bullshit stops. I don't foresee them coming back out of that hole. Main reason being is they look like a much different team without Kawhi. The ball moves a little better. Yeah. Um, Without Kawhi, it's not so much as kind of like, let's all stand and watch what Kawhi does with the ball. There's a little more movement. There's a few more cuts. Uh Um, You know, guys are kind of moving to kind of get their shots, to get in their position for their shots. Um, But I think with CP coming back, um, I I just don't think LA's going to climb out of this hole in this one. I I think Phoenix is probably going to win this one in five. LA might get one at home. I think this one might be a wrap. I just, I just don't, I just, I just don't believe in that Clippers team. Like without Kawhi, I just don't believe in it. I think that, I, one, I think that one broke their heart. I think, I think I'm gonna say I want to say the Clippers, but I'm gonna say the Suns in six. I actually think this next game coming up, I think Chris Paul is gonna hurt the Phoenix Suns. Mm. I think because they they get out and run so much more with, not to say they don't run with him. I'm saying when he's gone, because they're a little bit younger, they run a little faster and they they they're they're moving the ball a little bit more, in the sense of with speed and going up and down the court. Um, Payne played out of his mind yesterday. I won't say out of his mind, but he had a real good game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he played defense, he played offense. Um, I just think with CP coming back, it's going to be a different feel. Mm. And then uh, defensive wise. 
CP sometimes could, you know, right now at his age could be like a liability. You know what I'm saying? To where pain is not. He, he's a little taller. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's a little younger. Mm-hmm. Things like that. To where CP might, you know, might just be a little liability. And, I mean, hey, you won your two. Yeah. Now we're going back to L.A. Yep. Yeah. So let's see what's up. Yeah, and I mean it's not the first time a team's been down 2-0, you know, and came back. You know, obviously that seemed to be that thing right now. Right. I mean, obviously the Clippers have done it twice. I mean, shit, Milwaukee did it with Brooklyn because everybody <laughs> right. thought Brooklyn was going to run away with that series. Right. I think also with it is, I think I think the other thing is with your Phoenix. I don't think you want to rush too much into thinking like pain is kind of it. We're going to slow down on CP. I think it's perfect the way it was where pain comes in and gives you those intense minutes. So that way CP can chill. So he comes and gives you some energy because when the game needs to slow down, I think pain can be the one that basically will fuck it up and shoot them out because of his right, experience. Right, right. Whereas opposed to like, all right, CP, go settle us down a little bit. We're getting a little antsy. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, all right, we need a quick change. We need a quick, you know, a quick run. Let's turn up the intensity a little bit. Now you can throw pain in because he can hit the shot. He can get to the cup. He can finish with the layer. He can finesse, you know, around the rim. Right. The other thing is, again, Talu is going to make adjustments. Yeah. Now, what's killing L.A., obviously, is because with Zubacin, who's trash, has zero rim protection. Well, he should have been on the ball, and Boogie should have been at the ball. I agree. I agree on that. So, Boogie should have been on Aiton, because that back screen, Boogie would have yeah. ran through that shit. Right. Um, I feel like it probably should have been Even though they would have probably called a foul on yeah, Boogie. Yeah, on Boogie, it would have <laughs> called a foul. But at least it would have stopped the alley-oop pass. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, now, just from your perspective... ATL Milwaukee, who you got coming out of there? I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna ride that horse. Oh, I'm gonna ride that horse, Pauls. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now I actually think the Bucks are gonna um, are gonna win. But mm-hmm. for my personal, if y'all really been listening to the pod, I've been speaking this hawk shit since the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I don't know, but with the way. They believing in themselves right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have Capella. They do have Collins. They do have some people that can try to stop Giannis. Um, to me, this game is really going to come down to the same people that we talked about: Chris Middleton, yeah, um, Holiday, Holiday, Giannis, of course, yeah, the role players. The role players. Um, the Hawks kind of are all role players except for Young, of course. Right. So I don't know. The Hawks are really believing in themselves, man. If, if Young can get off. I could I say the Hawks can you know get off in seven, but mm-hmm. um, realistically, I think the Bucks got them in six. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pile on that one. I'm gonna say I just felt like Milwaukee presents a different matchup um, for Atlanta um, because Milwaukee can match defensive intensity. Yeah, um, Holiday can kind of get it. Like Holiday with Trey is kind of like the matchup that is a little favorable. Reason being is because Holiday wants to be aggressive. Yeah, um, Holiday, you know, against you know the Nets, you know, especially once Kyrie got hurt, kind of was like you know lollygagging a little bit because it was like, who am I guarding, Joe Harris? Yeah, uh, like fuck him. But it's like now with Trey, it's like all right, Drew, you know. Go put the pressure up, and basically, because you know Atlanta likes to run that high one-five screen, so you know you're going to jump out. Then it's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, if you're going to run that, you know, at different points, you know, you can kind of switch and say, all right, Lopez, we're going to move you off of this person because we know they like to run that screen. That way, we can kind of get Giannis to jump it. So then it's like, all right, if it becomes an issue, because I would imagine they're going to keep trying to do the screen on Brook Lopez. Yeah, for sure. But the funny thing is, is like you know Giannis is going to be able to come help rim protect. So mm-hmm. it means whoever Trey makes that pass to. They're going to have to make that shot consistently. 
and you so know Bogdanovich, somebody somebody like, like that. Yeah. Um, so you know, it, it, it's really curious to see because then it's going to come down to adjustments at that point. Mm-hmm. Because then you're going to say, all right, well. You know, what do we want to take away from Atlanta? Do we want to make somebody else beat us? Do we want to say, let Trey do Trey, shoot those shots, yeah. and force everybody else to kind of stand and watch? Um, so then it's like, all right, well, now we got to see what Nick McMillan can kind of schematically come up with to get easy buckets for everybody. Because Atlanta kind of plays like a shell of a zone where they like to keep everything in front of in them front and, of and right. rebound. But the thing, the thing I like with Atlanta, though, and coming off is different from the Nets series is, motherfucker, you got to play up on everybody. Yeah, <laughs> well, except for Melo, but yeah. Well, well, yeah, but I mean, he ain't going to be out there. You know what I'm saying? He's going to be yeah. down low. Yeah. But you got to play up on everybody. Oh, yeah. Because these mugs will shoot that and, and jack that motherfucker three up Very true. and try to take you to the cup. So now everyone's going to have to be reliable to play defense to where, you you know, with, with that Brooklyn team, you ain't really had to worry about that shit. And I think the other thing that where I say like a kind of favor is Milwaukee. And, of course, we know you, you, you can't help yourself. Milwaukee has the length. Um Right, pause. Here we go. I ain't saying nothing. I see this nigga's face because he wanted to say it. <laughs> Milwaukee has the length on the court to be able to cont- uh, contest a lot of those shots. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. you got Chris Middleton, who's, what, 6'7"? He's a two-guard. He might be taller now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, shit, Giannis is 6'11". Lopez is 7'1". Um, was it P.J. Tucker? You know, 6'4". I, I, oh, <laughs> that guy. I'm saying people gas him so much. Hmm. Um but, you know, he's going to be this cracker little dude that's going to contest and play football with people. And it's just a matter of are the refs going to actually call it. Katie's uh, mom was funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, you know, but that team, like, you know, they're, they're a lengthy team. Um, so, you know, you're going to get a lot of guys trying to contest and swat at the ball. So, you know, with Trey Young, let's say he's 5'11", 6'-footish, and, you know, Drew Holiday is listed at, what, about 6'1", 6'2", mm-hmm. and he's physical. So, you know, he's going to jump out on a lot of screens, try to be physical with Trey, get him uncomfortable. Um, so I think a lot of it is just going to boil down to the X's and O's or execution when you get down to those sequences of the game where you're like, all right, we need a bucket. So now we got to draw something up to get a quick bucket. Yeah. Because I think the trade just kind of shooting from the logo, I think that's going to be detrimental for them in this series because they're not going to get a lot of those second chance rebounds. Right. Because Philly was very lackadaisical when it came to rebounding. Um, you know, and Milwaukee kind of really predicated is on rebounding and defense. Right. So I'm like, that's not going to fly. So there's not going to be a lot of second chance opportunities available versus Milwaukee. So you need to get your clean shots. You need to be able to hit your clean shots. No, I get that. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. You know, like I said, I, I said the boxing six, but my heart, man, I, I don't know. Just something with this Hawks team, especially with uh, with Nate in there, man. They they just fight and compete, man. They don't give a fuck if they down, up, whatever. They fight mm-hmm. and they scrappy. Mm-hmm. Like I fucking love that. That's all I. That's all I've ever wanted from Wizard teams. Like yeah, some of the, actually some of those Wizard teams were like that. I can't even say they weren't. You know that team we went to go see with Paul Pierce and them. They were they were scrappy teams. They would you know what I'm saying? They were fun to watch. But yeah, no, it's just something about the Hawks, man, and they just they come out and run what they run. They play, you know, some D. They I, I just like that team. I like what they you know, what they're putting together out they're there. They're well so. constructed. Yeah. I, will, I will say that, you know, they did a good job adding those veterans in. Yeah. Um, you know, with what they had established. Yeah. So I mean like like I always say veterans really help because you got guys who've been in experienced moments Sweet Lou. and kinda slow the game down. <laughs> right. Lemon pepper Lou. And they say, Look, look, when when look when your boy Herder hit that motherfucker and got fouled and hit them the three free throws, they said yeah. them niggas was at Magic City. Yeah. On Lemon Pepper Lou's tab eating wings. Ah. And you can't even get wings. Right now, these some bitches. Right, they said that motherfucker was in the strokers. They said uh, huh. they said that nigga had all the 
white girl, uh, all the black girls in his lap. He was yeah. lap dancers. Yeah. So that motherfucker put ATL on there. He, he the so, new red rifle. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> they had Quervo in the motherfucking locker room dancing. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> nah, it should definitely be an interesting series. Um, yeah. It'll be competitive. I just I just feel like man, this is this is Giannis's time. Like if it's a time to get a ring, like it's mm-hmm. gotta be now. Injuries happen. The league is down right now. Yeah. And everybody's basically out getting healthy. This is your time to shine, Giannis. So, like, me personally, I'm just like, I feel like, Milwaukee, this is your chance. This is also CP3's chance, time or his chance yeah. to get a ring, too, if the nigga can stay healthy. I would love to see CP3 get a ring. And I'm not even a huge Chris Paul fan. I agree. I just, I just think... Um, he kind of deserved that shit. He done been through hell and back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Any motherfucker. I mean, it, he just, he's vaccinated and got COVID. I mean, it's always something with CP3, yeah. man. It's just something with that dude. I don't know what it is, he's man. Talking about he just chilling at his crib, asymptomatic, and I'm like, yeah. what the fuck was you doing? Well, uh, State Farm ain't protect his ass from COVID, so maybe <laughs> <laughs> not like like a good neighbor, <laughs> right? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Like shit, <laughs> so that kind of just we kind of just wrapping up the NBA with that one. Unless you had you know something else you really wanted to. Nah, I mean we pretty much caught up on everything for the most part. So I know you wanted to get into it a little bit about some of this boxing. I did, I did. One last thing about the NBA, I forgot. Hold on, it's nothing. Hey, three out of the last four coaches African American coaches You're making progress. We hire black. We gonna make it. We gonna make it. <laughs> I ain't saying all black. I love Thibodeau. <laughs> we gonna make it. But three of the last four is African American coaches. So just wanted to put that out there. Fuck Budenholzer. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> but, gonna make it. But now getting into boxing. Uh, what you think about that Floyd Mayweather fight, man? That shit was a complete waste of time. <laughs> if I could get into the ring with Floyd and get jabbed in my face, and what'd he get, $70 million? Something stupid. Uh, like, uh, I, nigga, sign me up. Uh, like, the fuck? Let me get jabbed. The funny part was, at one point, a lot of people didn't catch it. Floyd slept that nigga and caught him down. <laughs> like, that shit was a complete waste of time. Like, I, I was more frustrated at myself yeah. that I wasted 20 minutes updating my fire stick to watch that bullshit. Hey, the funny thing is, dude had Floyd by, like, 60 pounds. That shit didn't mean nothing. Not a fucking thing. Yeah. Shortening his ass up. Yeah. But, I mean, Floyd gonna do what he do to make this money. Of course. People laugh at Floyd. They get mad at Floyd. But, like, for those that really thought they was gonna get a real fight. Right. Like, shame on you. You sound stupid. Right. Like, obviously, you knew he was gonna go out there. The same thing with Mike Tyson and uh, uh, Roy Jones. Mike Tyson obviously didn't want to knock Roy Jones out. Right. Because <laughs> Roy, Roy told you, whatever. Well, that motherfucker swung that one Jones. Ooh, I felt the air. I said, oh, nah. I gotta. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, when it boils down to it, it's just entertainment. Yeah. And we get it. Like, it ain't it ain't the fighting that we're used to seeing for those of us who grew up in the 90s. Right. You know, the 2000s where we were watching, you know, you know the heavyweights, the light heavyweights going uh-huh. on. You know, those days are gone. We, we You know, those days are gone. Uh, Heavyweight-wise, yes, they're gone. Well, I mean, I, I just, for me, like, I, I can say as of right now, like, boxing has zero of my interest. Like, I used to be more advocate of, of watching boxing. Mm-hmm. You know, your Roy Jones Juniors, your your Tarvers, your James Tonys, you know, your Tysons, uh, mm-hmm. you know, those guys. You know, I, I didn't mind watching Floyd back in the day. Uh, just now, like, I, you know, when boxing's on, like, I hardly even really want to watch it. Um, it, just, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. Um but I know, like, you know, watching, like, guys like Tank Davis, I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. 
kind of gives you like a little bit of hope to kind of watch it. And the reason being is because like, you know, it's hometown, you know, living where we live, you know, we're 40 minutes outside of Baltimore. So, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, we got somebody from the home state fighting. You know, you at least want to kind of cheer him on. You know, go fuck it up, dummy. Feel me? <clears throat> so, uh, on the last episode, they're doing the uh, Showtime thing with him and the uh, Barrios right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so, this weekend, y'all need to go check it out. It's Tank Davis versus Mario Barrios. Mario Barrios is the champion at 140. This is Tank's first fight at 140. So, um, this is a big step up for Tank. He typically... No, he's slowly starting to move up and, and trying to get to like the 147. If he wants to go that high, mm-hmm. he may stay at 140. But anyway, so they got they got this thing and it's talking about Floyd and it's a plaque. Mm-hmm. And Floyd talks about I dominated every level when I stepped up 130, 135, 140. Obviously now 147. So they bring it to Tank and he just kind of looking at the jump like. Mm-hmm. So his man had to read it. So I was like, oh, they ain't want, they ain't want to put out there that the man tank can't read like that. Ew, shawty. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, uh. That dude did, uh, he walked across the street, yo. But now. Nigga, what? <laughs> but now. So this fight is going to be very interesting. It's Tank's big, big fight up. At 140. Like I said, Burrios is the champion at 140. He's a bigger, uh, Hispanic. Uh, gentlemen, uh, he has reach. He's taller than Tank. Um, he's a battler. He's a fighter. Um, they gonna go at it. They gonna go some blows for blows. Where I think Tank is gonna get him. If Tank gets inside and they let him just, and they throwing him blows and Tank gets inside, Tank is going fucking rock his ass with something serious. Ooh. But if Burrios can can be. Uh, Smart and stay outside and kind of jab him and, and you know uh, just keep him at bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Barrios is gonna give Tank a problem that he hasn't had maybe ever. This might be the biggest test for Tank Davis in his life. So I just I I want to see what's going on. I, I haven't been excited for a fight like this in a while. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, obviously, the last fight I got excited for was Spence and. Um, and Garcia, but uh, I I really think this Davis and Burrios fight is going to be a good one. So anybody that can get a chance, man, if you if you I don't know fires take it up or whatever, but <clears throat> check this fight out, man. Not, I think we do not say do it illegally, but fire stick is the problem, right? <laughs> but I I think uh, Tank is going to have some troubles in this fight. If he can't get inside and get to him, Tank going to have a long night and people going to be really upset. Um. <clears throat> You got anything about this this fight here? Um, not necessarily. Just kind of looking forward to seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, reason being more so is the boxing aspect of it. Um, yeah. You know, this isn't going to be like a brawling type fight because of the fact that, you know, they both have legitimate punching power. They do. Um, you know, for Davis, like you said, you know, he's fighting up a weight class. So, you know, what you don't want to do is kind of go in thinking you're about to brawl with somebody that's kind of <laughs> more experienced in that aspect. Right. Because, um, I mean, those, those couple pounds add up after a while. Yes, they do. Um, you know, so Barrios is kind of the one like, you know, you got to come to me because I got the belt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we don't want Tank to do is to kind of get too overconfident to where, you know, you're just waiting for that moment. Then Barrios finds that open shot and then slip, slides his ass and it's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Tank just more so needs to go in and box out. He's going to box, but he's going to have to box with him. He can't go in there and brawl him and, 
you know, how he's, because I know his last fight was like, a, what, a year and a half ago or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he basically won off TKO in, in 12 rounds. So, you know, you got to go in and you got to box. You know, don't don't try to go out that joint and, and try to outpunch him and knock him out. You know, go out that joint, get your points, be a technical fighter, score your points when you can. And, you know, bring the belt back home to Baltimore. Hey, it's like they said, it's like they said, somebody's old got to go. Both of them are undefeated. So, it's like I said, it's going to be a hell of a matchup. Uh, I just got one more piece of boxing I want to get into, and that's the best man in the business, Earl Spence. He getting ready to take care of this old bastard and send his ass back home. Manny Pacquiao was about to get an ass whooping. He ain't never seen coming. Well, actually, we seen him go night-night, so we on. Uh, and he got his ass whooped by Floyd. Mm. But... You know what I'm saying? Since since Terrence Crawford, bitch ass, couldn't get a uh, fight with Manny Pacquiao. And we ain't seen that dude fight in 11 months. Right. Terrence Crawford is some trash, man. He's He, he need to get away from, uh, I think he with Bob Arum. But anyway, we're going to get back to the, Spence and Pac-Man. I think they fought, I they fight August 21st. I'm trying to get out there to Vegas. I got to, I just got to be around that vibe, man. Nah, man. Yeah. But that I, I got to be around that vibe. I think Earl Spence going to show y'all once he take care of Spence. He said, Crawford, if I beat Pac-Man and I get that belt, I want you. But if you don't take that fight, let's never talk about this again. Mm. But I just, I just think boxing is finally... Kinda's putting some people together, but you know, with with so many different promotions, it's hard because mm -hmm. they want them to fight their own guys. But Terrence Crawford, <clears throat> man, you gotta fight somebody. Right. This dude ain't fighting nobody. I mean, and and they still talking about his shit being on ESPN. He ain't even getting no pay per view money. Shit, I can get three fights and at least be on, uh, what's that jump with Logan Paul and them? Trivial or whatever. The, <laughs> I was a true TV. Something, like, something <laughs> like that. Have Justin Bieber singing for me and shit. Right. Like, come on, man. You fighting on ESPN like this motherfucking 1993 or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but Earl Spence and Pac-Man, August 21st in Vegas. That's not in Dallas. His last couple fights been in Dallas. But uh, it's in Vegas, man. I think Earl Spence is going to knock the shit out of Pac-Man. And they're doing a drug test because Pac-Man all of a sudden got power again. And that dude wasn't knocking Steroids. nobody off. <laughs> right. He wasn't knocking nobody off for about three, four years. All of a sudden, he knocking motherfuckers the fuck out. So, right. you know, I, I just wanted to touch on that, like I said. And like you said, a lot of people ain't even into boxing like that. I still love the sport. Um it is a sport. It's not called the knockout sport. So y'all kill Mayweather and people like that. It's not called get hit in the face sport. No. <laughs> it's boxing. It's right. a sweet science. Right. It's so... It's technical. <laughs> right. Exactly. So for me, that's all I really got on the boxing tip. Um, what about you? I was say me, like I said, I, I've been trying to find my way back into boxing, you know, as of late. Um, yeah. I said the fight I'm looking forward to is actually next month. Like I said, it's uh, Wilder and, and Fury. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just kind of listening to, uh, I was on Facebook, it was like the day last week, and I was just listening to Fury and them kind of doing like the promo for the fight. Mm -hmm. And it was just crazy because like literally Wilder sitting there like a little ass kid in timeout, and Fury's like, I'm going to knock his ass out. I'm going to whoop his ass. Yeah. And like Fury's going back and forth with uh, Wilder's trainer. Yeah. And he's just like, I whooped your ass in a sparring match. You know, the trainer's like, nigga, you're supposed to. You're a boxer. That's what you get paid to do. <laughs> and he's like, and I, he's like, but you're the one training Wilder. So he's like, if I whoop your ass, I'm going to whoop his ass too because you right. train him. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there kind of waiting for Wilder. And I'm just like, 
alright say something but after a while I'm like okay you, you're going to channel that energy I'm, I'm hoping after what I watched last time Wilder at least learned how to throw a jab because you can't keep walking into these fights throwing haymakers <clears throat> expecting to win Wilder's problem is he comes in he tries to stay to what he's doing. He does the jab for two rounds. He'll do his little left jab, left jab, and he looks decent for at least two rounds. And then something clicks in his head, and then he just tries to load that right hand up, mm-hmm. and then he gets wild. And then Fury is a boxer. Yeah. He going to box. He looks box. big and goofy, yeah. but that son bitch can box. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually, <laughs> them jabs keep coming, they start to feel heavier mm-hmm. and heavier. Especially because you're getting tired. <laughs> yeah. You're tired of getting punched in the face. <laughs> and then a right hand, an overhand right hand or something like that come and hit you in that motherfucking between your nose and your mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, them legs get a little wobbly. And Fury said, he said he was trying to add, I'm not average, he said he was trying to add about another 10 pounds by the time the fight came. He yeah. said he wanted to be like 30 pounds heavier yeah. from what their initial fight was because he said, I want him to feel all this weight yeah. when I punch him in his face. And that's the other thing, shit, Wilder typically can't get over like 230. These new super heavyweights, because remember, these dudes is different now. Mm-hmm. These dudes is fighting, shit, 280, 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. And they 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, mm-hmm. <laughs> they all just super big human motherfucking beings. It ain't like back in the day. Right. Uh, the, you know, our old school heavyweights would look like doors to these yeah. big motherfuckers. You had to be between 205 and 240. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. half of them nice. was, what, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, Lennox seven, Lewis seven, was seven, like Tyson. a... Yeah, Lennox Lewis was like an outliner at 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, so just, you know, just kind of that fight is what I'm looking forward yeah. to. I'm looking to kind of see, like, which Wilder is going to show up like because the first fight which was which concluded in a draw which was bullshit in my right. opinion you know Wilder basically kind of caught him slipping and I mean that sometimes that's what boxing is is you just waiting for the yeah, right moment just to catch counter punch um, but the second fight you know Fury made an adjustment and he was like I'm going to box your ass yeah. and he boxed his ass and he was whooping his ass at the tally to get thrown in so now you know I want to <laughs> see like what exactly has Wilder been working on um, you know as far as because you know you guys were adamant about you know, um, using that clause to get this third fight done before because he was about to fight Josh. Right. Um, so now I'm like, all right, Wilder, you went through all that to get this to happen. Are you going to show up? Are you going to show us that you can box this time as opposed to brawl? Because if you're going to go into a brawl with a boxer, you can get your ass whipped again. So I'm, I'm waiting to see what that's going to I'll happen. never put my trust in a gator. <laughs> <laughs> How about that, you yeah. some bitch? You're stupid. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> speaking of, of Gators, <laughs> so as of late, um, it looks like the college football world is trying to get into the transition of moving the college playoff from a four team to at least twelve. Mm. Um, there's a lot of people who are kind of saying they're for it. A lot of people saying they're not for it. Um, me specifically, I don't think it needs to be twelve. I'm okay if it's twelve. I mean, I just love football, <laughs> but the four has to go. Um, right. There's the same three teams playing musical chairs: Clemson, Ohio State, Bama. Um, you know, if Bama's having a bad year, they're number two. Clemson's number one. If Clemson's having a bad year, they might be number three. I mean, like, right, right, right. Just playing musical chairs, <laughs> and I'm like, it's crazy that a bad year is you know instead of being one year three. I'm a Florida State fan. A bad year for us is five and seven. Um, so, you know, we, we don't get that luxury. Uh, <laughs> um, the crazy part about the whole thing with the proposal and everything with the 12 team format is it's supposed to drive from revenues up from 600 million is what they make with the 14 format up to $1 billion. Um, I guess where the negotiation or 
the issues kind of kind of comes in is because they have contracts with ESPN up to twenty five, yeah. um, and then you know the kind of the interesting thing which I kind of like about it is like teams like Notre Dame it forces them that they're going to have to join a conference join a to conference, get by yep. because it says that if Notre Dame finishes anywhere within the top four they have to automatically go to a five because they're not in the conference so the top four conference teams get a bye and Alabama can only finish at five even if they were defeated in rank number one undefeated in rank mm-hmm. number one so you got to join a conference you got to pick one and that's another thing what I kind of like about the 12 team format is the fact that it creates opportunities for entertaining upsets yeah. um, now realistically because we you know we, a lot of us had this argument last year you know when people felt that Texas A&M um, should have gotten that spot and I kept trying to explain to people I was like do I really think Texas A&M would have beat Alabama? No. But the problem is is that Texas A&M already has film on Alabama so they can make adjustments to play them again. And I'm like, the difference is, is they're an SEC team. So technically, they're almost built to compete with Alabama. I just feel like Alabama just had a little more talent. Um, and, of course, Kelly Mond was a quarterback who I'm not fond of. But, but I'm like, like I tried to explain it to somebody. I'm like, look at the difference between the Florida-Alabama game, you know, when they played in the SEC title game. Like, it shows you. You can go up and down the field on Bama. The problem is, is you need to get one stop. That's the hard part. The final score was like 52-46. to 46. Mm-hmm. Kyle Trask was moving the ball up and down the field. So I'm like... I'd rather watch a Texas A&M team that can score as opposed to a Notre Dame team who I felt like struggles at scoring because I was not an Ian Book fan. I didn't feel like he was really a good quarterback that was going to kind of will them mm-hmm. with his arm to a victory. And, you know, they had a couple games, like that one Clemson game, um, you know, where they put, you know, 47 points up on the board. But I'm like, you know, a lot of that you got to remember Clemson played bad. Um, you know, in that aspect, it's still almost one. You know, they have right. one or two fumbles returned for touchdowns or, you know, a fumble here returned, an interception here. And, you know, Clemson still almost won that game. Then it's funny, Trevor Lawrence comes back and, you know, they dog fuck Notre Dame, you know, in the, in the um, ACC title game. So I think it just kind of creates opportunities because you know, usually what's unpredictable, the unknown is kind of what makes it so much in, like more entertaining to watch. So it's like, realistically, can Cincinnati beat Alabama? no. Um, but can it make the game interesting? Possibly because Alabama wouldn't necessarily know what Cincinnati would have to throw at them. Right. Now, after a while, you know, you got, you know, the Heisman Trophy winner out there, you know, Devontae Smith. After a while, Cincinnati's not going to be able to cover him. So, okay, now what are you going to do? They might say, fuck it. We'll run a bracket on his ass and force somebody else to beat him. But then you got to kind of look at yourself and say, can my D-line get enough pressure say, that's gonna against be this the, offensive line? Because that's going to be not, the trenches. Right, because then if not, now Mac Jones is going to sit there and throw your shit apart. Yeah. So, you know, when it boils down to it, upsets are a part of college football. They happen all the time, and that's kind of more so what I'm looking forward to seeing. Games where the best teams play a team, kind of going, thinking, like, we're just going to dogfuck y'all, and then it mm-hmm. moves. Um, Boise. Yeah, you know, Boise, I mean, there's times where I've watched, like, Ohio State lose to, like, Northwestern mm-hmm. or lose to a Purdue team because they're just like, oh, we're Ohio State, we're a mighty team, and then they go out and lose. Right. And, you know, it's like, is it going to happen often? No, but can it happen? Of course. And, like, that's kind of what we're looking for when we're saying, like, we wanted to get up to 12 teams. Now, you know, the other thing is that you got to factor in, of course, it's like the bowl games, when it's going to start, because they're talking about it would have to start two weeks after the season's over. Um so now, you know, you're talking about how does that affect students when they're getting into the end of the semesters and things like that. And it's like after a while, you're just like, if I'm a student athlete, I'm tired as fuck. Because now you still want me to go to class. I still got to get ready for these football games. I got to practice all day. Like, I'm, y'all got me doing a job around the clock. Compensate me for it. Right. Give me a little, give me a couple of dollars. Obviously, it ain't going to be a million. 
Give me something more than what y'all are giving me under the table. Because yeah, I can buy a McDonald's, but shit, I might want some root crisp because mm-hmm. I'm grinding around the clock down here in Alabama. So I'm 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 looking forward to seeing what it is. I think it should probably be eighteen, not twelve, but I'm with you on the eight. And don't think you're slick stoning cow trash like that. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, now now he wanna throw in trash because he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. But I let that slide, you know what I'm saying? But nah, for me, uh, yeah, I'm definitely I would definitely be glad to see the four teams go away. Um, even though I'll take that over what we had before. <clears throat> Twelve to me is a little bit much. Um, I'm like you, I think eight would be good. Um, but again, I'm like you in the sense of shit. The more football the better for me. Pretty much. You know, that's on some selfish shit, but we talking about some kids out there playing all the time, so but I would you know, like like you, you know what I'm saying? Some some teams some teams match up well against other teams. So A and M tends to match up sometimes pretty good with Bama. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Jimbo out there talking that shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, and it will be good to see some teams that air it out maybe against Alabama. Maybe mm-hmm. they get them in a different, you know, or catch their ass off guard. Yeah, and You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Site, you know, same thing with Clemson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just to see a team air it out on their ass and see what they're going to do. Right. And keep that pressure on their motherfucking throat. And like you said, maybe sometimes a, a Big Ten team can lay into Alabama and wear them down. You just never know. Right. Si- uh, not sizes, but um, which caught makes good games. You know what I'm saying? So you can you can go into different styles. So styles mm-hmm. makes games. So I might be able to do this, and they can't stop that, and they know that. So just different things like that, man. So I definitely want to see the college football expand. Mm-hmm. Twelve to me is just a little much, mm-hmm. but mm, we'll see. I don't know. I might get used to it. I mean, I, I think I think a lot of it is like once we kind of see the layout and what it looks like and how it actually works, then we'll kind of yeah. know like, okay, eight's not enough, or I hate twelve is too much, or eight yeah. ten is just right. But but that's the one thing. If you, if you go twelve, they're not taking it back down. Right, right. <laughs> you know what but I'm saying? I mean, so I mean, for them, of course, they're going to always think of what what's going to create the most profit. Right, that's all and that's what it comes. And like down I to. said, like the numbers they they really, said that they were going to generate up to a billion dollars. They don't give a fuck about them kids and oh, what they yeah, got. Not at all. All that shit is they're going to say we well we got tutors to go with them on. This, that, and the third. Little Becky and Little Johnny is doing everyone's fucking test. Right. Okay, they're just going to give them a C instead of a fucking A. Right. And just keep it moving. Like, stop this bullshit, man. Yeah. Because <laughs> they got bail grants and all that other shit. They get money in different ways. You know what I'm saying? And then now, you know, they're talking about playing the players a little bit for their likeness. Mm-hmm. Things like that. You know, they're still going to jerk them off on that. Jerk them over on that. You know what I'm saying? Jerk them off. <laughs> jerk them over on that. Because they... Could you imagine Florida having to tell Tim Tebow, oh, this is the check we paying for your likeness right now. Come on, young. Tim Tebow would have made... Made $2 million a <laughs> A fucking week. Just, look, just for being a good Christian. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a virgin. Here's a check. He's, he's so pure. Man, they can't pay these kids their likeness. Right. For real, for real. I mean, the other thing is, shit. Like Bama, half their fucking team would be would get would collect checks compared to everybody else. I mean, because they're Jameis, right? <laughs> like, I, I, I think the other thing man. that excites me more so about just expanding the format is because, like, growing up in the '90s and the early 2000s, you know, when we were all in high school, 
the teams played tougher schedules in the beginning of the season. They didn't yeah. always play the tune-up games against, you know, Valadosta State. You know, Miami would come out and play Oklahoma week one or Notre Dame yeah. week one. And, you know, that kind of was like you lose this game, your season basically fucked. Like, you need a lot of people to lose games to kind of come back from that. People kind of kill Willie on that. Yeah. Because we've, we've been stepping out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit, we can't be Cincinnati prep. But. Say right now, we can't be Shepard. So, um, <laughs> my times have fell to Florida State. Um, but I mean, like, you know, that that's what makes the football aspect interesting because, like, literally, like, you know, all summer, you're like, oh, you know, Bama's going to come out. And then, you know, you play Bama versus Miami, and then Miami kind of spends the whole summer saying, we're going to throw this wrench at them. We're going to put this trick play in because yeah. there's no film for them to watch to be prepared for. So now I got that eye of surprise. So it kind of brings back that aspect in the playoff because it's like I can watch everybody Cincinnati played all year, but I'm like, well, they were just better than that team. So it means they're going to have to put something in to play against us. Right. They were able to line up and run high and power the ball for 10 plays on the field and score. They're obviously not going to be able to do that against us. <laughs> right. So now we have Wing to be right eye 30-14. Yeah. HB dive, right? Thirty two dive, <laughs> right. three five off tackle. Like, right? Yeah, I mean, like, come on now, and you know, now you have to actually say, well, all right, coach, let's see some creativity here because you know, Bama's front seven is one of the best in the country. So, yeah. LSU is best in the country. So, what they do well, how can you use that against them? What are their weaknesses, mm-hmm. and then exploit those weaknesses? Right. That's what's going to make the game interesting because now you're forcing other coaches to make adjustments. And sometimes some coaches are kind of sitting there scratching their head because they're always used to being the more dominant team. They're like, right. fuck, what do I do? I don't know what to do now. Shit. Yeah. Uh, you try this. Uh, you blitz. Uh, if they do this, we're just going to stay in cover four. Momentum is a bitch. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, what was that, Oklahoma and Boise? That was one of the best I mean, teams ever. I mean, they just didn't know where the fuck they were going. I mean, these motherfuckers did the Statue of Liberty, all mm-hmm. kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Shit, <laughs> annexation of Puerto Rico. And, night, and, but and, but the, and that's what you're looking forward to because you're like, in, in you know, some people's eyes are like, Boise State didn't belong on that stage with Oklahoma. Yeah. And then it's just like, all right, well, Oklahoma went out there and laid a goose egg yeah. because they weren't prepared. They thought they're just like, we're superior, we're going to dominate them. Yeah. Boise State said, we got counters for just about everything. And, I, and that's the thing is, when you go into the game like with nothing to lose, that's what makes you dangerous. Because right. the team that's favored has everything to prove. So if they lose, now we got to answer 100 questions. And not to throw this in there, but that was one thing I kind of liked about the Redskins last year. Like, what would we do to uh, the Fumble Ruski or whatever the fuck that was? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, I was like, damn, they really getting creative out here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, yeah, I mean, you know, these different schools, like you said, man, they, they run these different things. Like, you know, any week of Texas Tech back in the day, if they get hot, true. Right. Good luck stopping some of that shit. Right. God bless his soul. Cole Brennan with that with the that Hawaii team. Yeah. Them mugs was balling. Them mugs was put it, up seven hundred yards a game. It, it's funny because there was a person I remember that just posted recently saying I remember when they used to be USC fans. Because they used to go put a good thirty forty on USC. Those games when it boiled down to it, USC just with Reg guys like Reggie Bush. Yeah. I mean, that nigga had twelve carries, three hundred yards and five touchdowns. Do y'all still exist? Have have you seen a USC fan fight on? No. Or fight not. The only one I know is, is my cousin. That's oh yeah, yeah. He played there. But yeah, I haven't seen a USC fan. What somebody said they became they all became Bama fans. Right. <laughs> Either became Bama fans, probably cheering for Clemson. Hey, when I was 11 years old, I never met an Alabama fan. To this day, I think I know one. 
and there's a lot of them that say Roll Tide. And I'm right. like, I never heard you chill for a band Not in never. Alabama, ever. Not never. Since we were in school. <laughs> but, ever. But it's cool. But yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm happy to see them talking about, uh, you know, because just a couple of years ago, we were just happy to get four teams. Right. So just to see this and, and them talking about it and, and creating more football and, you know, just some different shit happening, you know what I'm saying? I, I feel like it's... It's some good talk, man, and you know, hopefully, you know, they'll get it together. Like we both said, I don't think twelve is good. It's a little much, but when you start talking about billions, <laughs> that's a different talk. That's some different shit. So, so coming up here as we uh, start to wrap up here, we got a versus coming up. Uh oh. Two of the uh, rap games legends. Uh oh. Soulja Boy, tell him and Little Bow Weezy. Uh oh. Walk up in my bed. <laughs> hey, who you got in this jump, man? Ah, I think Little Bow Wow's got him. Why you say that? I feel. I mean, you know, when I was in middle school and high school, we used to go to uh, Teen Night at Exhale. Yeah. Bow Wow songs populated Exhale. <laughs> they uh, did. I was there. And. <laughs> No, I, I just don't. I mean, like, Bow Wow was kind of like a teenage heartthrob for a lot of chicks, and mm-hmm. you know, he made music like Jermaine Dupri was genius with it because he, he was, was like, "I want to make all songs appealing to young girls because they're all gonna love Bow Wow." Mm-hmm. And then it was like Soldier Boy as he kind of came in. It was like, "Yeah, you gave us some some good dances and stuff, and you know, Soldier Girl and all that other stuff. Turn my swag on." But I'm like, Bow Wow had the bitches. Don't sleep on Kiss Me Through the Phone. Bow Wow had the bitches. Don't sleep on Kiss Me Through the Fire. Let me hold you. <laughs> Bow Wow had the bitches. He did. <laughs> but this the thing. Is is he going cause you know a lot of this is like performance based. So is he gonna is he gonna be able to give that same energy as Soldier Boy? You know Soldier gonna go out here and he gonna be crying about Angela and all this shit. Soldier gonna do whatever he can to make himself relevant to put a couple of dollars in his pocket. For I'm not sure. I'm not mad at him. <laughs> I'm not mad at him at all. But I'm like again, like Bow Wow been rocking since he was he has. twelve. He has eleven. <laughs> Like I mean, like Bow- he gonna play your soldier gonna play your song though. Pretty boy swag, oh, hey, shit. pretty boy <laughs> soldier boy. <laughs> Let's see, cause Bow gonna have my name is. Let me hold you, bounce with me. Mm-hmm. Um, fresh as I miss. Um, she got a couple. Joy. They do. Right, my mind gonna play L O L smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Trey Songz or something. Yeah, but he's on there. <laughs> well, shit, what's Bow was? Shit, Bow he's on, on a lot of shit. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit ain't <laughs> even fair. Uh, hey, he got all the way turned out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that, that one, he, he definitely got him. Did that one. I don't know. You see, look, now now we got to sit here and go through our phones. Nah, I mean, I'm just saying. Nah, because now we got to go through our phones. <laughs> no, Bow going to some stupid shit. Because I'm like, when you think about it, and it's just like, all right, what, what bangers did Bow Wow really have? And I'm like, you know, there's a lot but of we're not even thinking about. But you got to remember, because they could do features. And he got plenty of those he got because a of JD lot of, and yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Shorty like mine. <laughs> out of my system. Uh, they probably going to end it with Marco Polo. Cause shit, they both didn't he do the day. song Like You with Sierra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Translation. Come on. Um, Training. What else did that nigga do? Shit, that nigga got his own joint from the basketball joint. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God damn it. I know what you're talking about, though. <laughs> puppy love, my baby. Not puppy love. 
Yeah, man, man, hey, man, look, man, Soldier don't want to with that nigga. Man, we gonna find out. Saturday about to be lit. I don't even fuck with Bow Wow like that, man. I watch that nigga on Grown Up Hip Hop. Saturday about to be lit. Got the fight. Got that joke. Bow definitely dropped the ball on Angela because I'm thinking, what? (laughs) (laughs) Nigga, what? What? (laughs) Boy, Angela fatter than a front possum with the mouth. That God Almighty. Hey. She already know what I wouldn't do. I pull out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who pulls out anyway? Like for what? Hey, watch me. You stupid. <laughs> you. I'm an ex baby mama. Oh, this nigga's sick. <laughs> well, it seems like that'll bring us to another conclusion of a great episode of Spit Talk. Yeah, man. Listen, we appreciate y'all who continue to listen to us. You know, some of y'all have been reaching out saying we're waiting on the next episode. So here y'all go. Let's say as we continue on. Let's say as we try to figure these schedules out, you know, with each yeah. other. We say we'll continue to pump more episodes, more combos. Of course, we'll have more features on here with different people, you know, just their opinions and things like that. Um, so we just appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. Can't thank you enough for continuing to listen. And, uh, and like he said, you know, we are working on some things with some different people, whether it be local or celebrities, quote unquote, that y'all know. And um, definitely trying to prick up the pace here a little bit. Like we said, it's just been tough with, you know, newborns, deaths, life, yeah. all that shit. You know what I'm saying? And realistic. And then, uh, hey, man, shout out to all the men that came out for my man's first Father's Day cigar lounge joint, man. We had a, I had a great time. Uh, I was needed, just all we needed was some strippers. I was blessed to be a part of that, man. Uh, keep, you know, it was definitely a fun time. Yeah, man, just to you know see my man celebrate that first one, man. So yeah, they're expensive. We ass bitch. Hello. Another day.